Okay, so as we begin the program, we start over the first segment of our program. This morning we're speaking all about sales techniques. For our listeners, just to refresh your minds, last week we spoke about team burnout and how to avoid the entire uh, team getting burnt out and, uh, you, you know, everybody then, because you're working in a team, um, when there's team burnout, then everybody is affected by it. That was the discussion last week. This week we're speaking all about sales techniques. Um, it is the Atajir program, and it is obviously important that uh, we understand the importance of having good sales techniques. A person that has got good sales techniques, they can sell, well, you know, they can sell ice in winter even. Um, but a person that, you know, you might have, uh, you might have inherited a very, very, very good business, doing very well, but the person doesn't really have much sales techniques, then um, they might not be able to uh, extend that business and make it flourish as it was. So, Muftisab, when we talk about sales techniques, what are we actually referring to? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yes, sales techniques are the, the methods that uh, sales professionals use to create revenue. The sales process is something that a dedicated professional works on for many years. And techniques have been refined through trial and error base on uh, you know, people's experience. And developing an effective sales technique is an ongoing process for an individual and an entire organization. Even if you're looking to close the deal and get the sweet commission check, knowing how to sell is a skill that always comes in handy regardless of whether you are a sales business or not. Think about it. <laughs> you are selling yourself every day. Mm. Whether it's trying to get your coworker uh, to back up your ideas mm. or to convince your wife and, uh, you know, where are you going for holiday or which restaurant you're going to eat at. So we are constantly selling ourselves in different ways. So knowing some good sales techniques it's not only a salesperson skill, but it's also a life skill. If you walk into a job interview feeling confident, knowing how to f- sell yourself to the employer, you're going to have an advantage over the others that may be applying for this job. Uh, you know, from getting a promotion, uh, maybe getting some, uh, doing an investment, learning how to put solid sales techniques into practice as a real benefit. So. For some people, it comes natural, but to others, you know, you feel awkward, you feel insincere that I've got to convince this person to sell something, to buy something, or you find it, you know, a bit opportunistic. So, you know, considering that, that is the reason why we thought we'll focus on this, and hopefully some of the techniques we'll discuss uh, with you today, in fact, uh, there are six different aspects to it. Uh, these will hopefully be some game-changing sales techniques that will uh, n- not leave you or will, you know, having to uh, feel like a slimy snake or uh, salesperson, you know, um, leaving you feeling confident rather, feeling motivated. Yeah, so the sales techniques that we're going to, Muftisab is going to share with us today, you're not going to become a millionaire overnight, but it is just to enhance the way we do business, the way we sell things, the way we feel, and the way we make others feel as well. So, as you said, Muftisab, about uh, the six uh, different aspects that we're going to go through, six points that we're going to tackle under this this discussion. The first point is uh, to improving, uh, the first point to improving in any field is to re-look our perception towards it. Now, why is that important? 
Yeah, so before we jump into sales techniques and practices, you must first change your perception on what sales is and what is not. Sales techniques is not about pushing somebody into that they do not need or want or cannot afford. Like they say, you know, uh, the paradox of life is that we have wider highways with narrower viewpoints, taller buildings, but uh, shorter tempers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have guided missiles with misguided people and we buy things with money we don't have, things that we don't need to impress people we don't know and don't like. So, you know, it's not about pushing people to buy things they can't afford or they don't need. That is not your, your perception about it. it. shouldn't be that. Rather, the word selling, take that out of your vocabulary and replace it with motivating or persuading because that is what you're doing selling is motivating someone to take action so learning how to motivate others to take action that benefits both you and them uh, you know that is the dividend that will pay you throughout your life so to motivate others to take action you have to actively listen to their needs you need to know the right way to persuade them into taking the desired course of action and, uh, you know, slicking your hair back or throwing on a, ear, a pair of mirrored sunglasses or adopting a loud-mouthed and pushy approach, that is not the way it's going to work. So what works? There's a large body of research about the cognitive effects of stories for motivated behavior. And in selling context, stories are a powerful way to illustrate the value of your so- solution to your prospective client. So every story needs a hero someone you relate to as they overcome obstacles on their journey towards happily ever after. But who's the hero of your story? If it's your company or your solution, you need to rework your story and make the customer the hero. So a typical hero's journey goes something like this. The hero is a character who struggles with a problem. The hero meets a wise mentor who understands their problem. The mentor gives the hero new insight, provides a plan and drives him to action. Armed with a newfound confidence in a plan, the hero faces the problem, the hero overcomes the problem and realizing their potential and reaches their goal. So they are the hero of the story. So just take an example, you having a problem with a, a leak in your roof, it's rainy season. So the hero may must, you know, come across someone who will advise to a particular product and that product must work and the that person must feel like he achieved something mm. and that he's happy. He's the one who solved the problem. Now, so you're this thing, that is the outcome that is desired. In your story, the customer is the one who needs to save the day by making the right choice to buy the right product. Mm. Uh, your role is that mentor. Uh, you're the one who helped your customer to see, you know, to see what has changed in the world and how they can adapt better to survive. So that is the thing. Many times people don't understand that they want to be the hero of the story and uh, that is where, you know, you are missing the point. Yeah, that's where you're missing the point. Um, so let's move on now to the second point, right, which is, uh, the, it, which is to know the customer. Tell us more about this. Yeah, so this sounds obvious, but uh, many people, you know, miss this point. So know the customer means listening genuinely, Research shows that many people are not the greatest at active listening. We might seem like we are listening, but we're not really well listening. We're waiting to talk. So learning to be an active listener takes some practice, but it can help you better. You know, know the hypothetical customer that you are selling to. 
Bill Clinton might not have been a, a salesman, uh, but he probably would have done, been a great one. The former president was known for being such a great listener that he made whoever he, fee, he met feel like they had his undivided attention. And the best salespeople take a genuine interest in the problems that need to be solved. And if you fail to know the customer, the rest of your sale pitches is going to be, you know, a really uphill climb. So listening is only part of the battle. There's also preparation. Whether you're trying to sell yourself at a job, uh, interview or pitch a new idea, going in unprepared is just foolish. You know, both teams in, the, you know, in any contest, they know the strengths and the weaknesses of the other team. And study, uh, they study their moves and develop strategies long before the game begins. So do your research on your intended audience. Learn to understand what drives and motivates them. You want to find something that allows you to connect with them and speak their language. People want to work with those who they like and those who understand their needs or who they feel understand their needs. Okay, that is very important, as Muftisab explained, that, uh, you know, you've got to know the customer uh, so that you can, you are able to understand what they need and you are then able to uh, sell them the right item and uh, give them what they need. Now, the third point, Muftisab, is to show the customer the benefit of, you know, the purchase that they wish to make. Yeah, so when it comes to marketing, there are two primary approaches one can take. The first, a focus on what your product or services is or does. Include all the shiny bells and whistles you've worked on so hard to develop. The other focus is on how your product serves or will improve the user's life. Show benefit. And, you know, what is the feature? Simply a feature is something that your product has. So if it's a new car that you're selling, talk about the capabilities of the car. What makes it distinctive? What is unique? If you're selling a razor blade, this is a five-blade head, mm. you know, first or power drill or interchangeable tool or fridge that can be powered on solar you know speak about the uh, the features of it then the benefit is how will this benefit the person when this mm. when you have outages you don't have to worry about what's happening in your fridge that is a benefit to them now you, you don't focus on your own agenda your agenda is to sell it but don't sell focus on that when people buy from a salesperson they don't buy to make the salesperson happy they do it because they have a problem and this offers a solution uh, it is your job to understand the need of and to present it to the person uh, the other day there was someone who came here for a job and the, the person was struggling to do what was required in the interview mm. and he said uh, but I just really need this job now, if it was a wealthy organization, you can understand you need, you have a need, we can assist you. But if you're running an organization that is, you know, uh, a corporate organization, then it's not about helping the persons about who can do the job. Mm -hmm. So by saying that I give me the job because I really need this job, <laughs> it doesn't help you in any way. You need to show, can you deliver what they're looking for? Then you'll get the job. So in everything, don't tell them that, uh, uh, you know, I need you to buy this thing or sign up with a cell phone contract or that because I need to get my numbers up. <laughs> Who cares about your numbers? You need to say how this is a good deal, what are the features of it, and what benefit it's going to add to your life by signing up to this network. This is what you're going to benefit. When the power is down, you'll still have network. So that is an important point to consider, and that is the, you know, show the customer the benefit that they will receive. 
Jazakallah for that, Muftizab. The fourth point is all about uh, keeping your cool. Tell us why this is important. Hmm. You know, don't let them see you sweat. Mm. That is a saying that sometimes easier said than done. However, uh, you know, nerves have a real way of throwing the span in the works. There's no magical solution to keeping your cool. But there's a certain things that you can do. Practice what you want to say. That doesn't mean that you need to memorize verbatim every word of what. You may have a pitch that you need to present, you know, the latest deals. This is it for this season. So nobody likes to feel like they're being lectured so that you memorize it. Take a minute, get familiar with it, and then say it in your own words. Uh, And even with some practice, it's easy to find yourself in the middle of trying to convey your idea when... uh, adrenaline kicks in and you start to get the best of you so this is often uh, around the time when people start to get flustered and find themselves rambling or bragging and that sort of a thing is a real put off and a person you're speaking to you know picks up on this so what you need to do is slow down for a second do your best to be conscious of your tone your speed take a deep breath and carry on yeah, very important. So that is all about uh, remaining cool, remaining calm. Don't get too excited, otherwise you might lose the entire plot. Now, the fifth point is to create a connection. How does this help? Yeah. Now, what, what we're saying here is that uh, you need to create the connection with a person. And how do you create that connection? That is by getting them to agree with you. And if you want to get the final yes at the end of the sales pitch, it helps you to create some connection along the way. And uh, psychologically establish the connection, it allows them to see your point of view. So there was an interesting survey in the 1960s that a, term, a team of psychologists wanted to explore uh, you know, what would become known as the foot in the door technique. Get your foot in the door and then that is the first point. So they canvassed the neighborhood and asked them each house if they could put a large sign, drive carefully uh, sign in their front yard and only 20% of the residents agreed. The researchers went back a few days and asked if the residents would agree to a small sign and most of them agreed. And when the small sign was put up, after that they went to them and they said, okay, now can you put a large sign? And then everybody agreed. So what it means is you first get them to agree to a small thing and then you get to them. So instead of selling the guy, you know, a big item, a lounge suite at one shot, you first sell him a, a chair. And, mm. or you, first, you know, and then you get him, get the foot in the door. So by getting a yes uh, to a small request first, you establish a connection, asking other person to make a smaller mental commitment and while trying to motivate somebody ask them questions along the way and as they say yes there's that greater rapport that is developing between you and them and the chances then are the greater that you'll get to close the deal yeah that then takes us to the next point move to sub the sixth point which is to seal the deal yeah so you've listened to the customer you kept your cool you conveyed the message uh, you know, that speaks to their needs. Now it's time to close the deal. And a lot of salespeople try to create a sense of urgency with a now or never approach. And this uh, comes off very pushy and seems like you're desperate. The idea that you're discussing may need, uh, you know, they, it may, it may, you may need a specific deadline, deadline, but don't be too pushy and that can backfire. It is rare for somebody to immediately say yes right away. Everyone has their own set of responsibilities. People often need time to think about it. They need to consult their spouses, (laughs) uh, things like that. Uh, And uh, 
Uh, there was this uh, talking about the consulting the spouses. Uh, there was uh, two lines of men, and they said that uh, whoever is under the instruction obeys their wife. They must stand the left line, hmm. and uh, so everybody went to the other side except one person. So they were all lauding him that he's the one that you know he wears the pants in this house. So uh, they. You know, applauding him. So they asked him that, you know, what is your motivation? You didn't go to the other side. So he says, no, I was still waiting for permission to go to the other side. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we all need to consult our spouses to get mm -hmm. the yes. So don't be too pushy on the person. Otherwise, they'll just walk out and they won't come back. So ask if you can follow up at a specific point in the future. This avoids leaving things open-ended and allows you time to tweak your message and allows them to expect a call at a particular time. So can I give you till next week, Monday, then I'll call you. So you've made a commitment, they're expecting your call, mm -hmm. then in both ways, uh, you know, both parties are ready for it. Okay, Jazakallah for that moves up. Any final thoughts on this discussion? So remember that good sales techniques is not about trying to push someone into something that is not right for them. It's about understanding the needs and conveying what you, the, you know, why you think you have the effective solution. If you can master the sales techniques out, uh, you know, that we've shared, uh, you will succeed even if you never technically sell anything. Uh, so, you know, this is important considering that uh, this is the business season uh, that uh, we are experiencing.